You don't have that kind of energy. Why not? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Woo! You know, I'll wait till the music stops. <laughs> I can force myself to have a good time anywhere. <laughs> Maybe that would have been the trick. <laughs> what? To get you, the two of you drunk and then do that. Yeah. We, did have a good, <laughs> yeah. we did have a good time on that uh, Halloween special. <laughs> you two did. <laughs> I, 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 uh, my alcohol tolerance was a lot higher than both of yours, apparently. Awesome. When Hayden shaves, he looks like the high school bully kid on the sports team in every, like, 2000s movie. <laughs> Dudes who are, like, clearly, like, in their late 20s and early 30s or pretend to be 18, like, Hey, Mr. Johnson, is the homework due tomorrow? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Entertain This, <laughs> a podcast about movies, TV shows, and video games. There's that energy we were talking about. <laughs> my name's Hayden Brandon, and uh, no, my name is Hayden Brandon. I'm impersonating you, mm. and you're just thrilled to be here, rubbing your face. I think you're just jealous because of my hair, Tom. I've gotten over the fact that I just I'm not, it's not going to come back. So then shave. I buzz it down. It's, you have any idea how annoying it is to shave your whole head with a razor? No, I don't actually. <laughs> Try it sometimes. I'm good. Give it about a, an hour. We'll show it. <laughs> <laughs> you just cost us state. <laughs> All right. The loud one is Tom. Here's Mitch. Hello. There you go. All right. And we uh, entertain this. Today, we're discussing news and reviews. But before. Don't sound too excited about it. I, like I said, I gave it all in that last episode. Oh, I should have did a Gandalf one. For being such, Damn. A, being such a big dude, you do have a lot of energy. I mean, it's impressive. It is. Well, you know, it's reserved for when I need it. <laughs> You're like an energy vampire. Like from, from, from the, uh, he doesn't eat for sustenance. He eats for the sugar rush. All right. What we do in the shadows. Just yeah, what we do in the shadows. Drain it away. I'm just like, hey, being around him, man. I, I gotta, I gotta lay down. <laughs> I, he's, it's almost, it's not as intense, but he's like, uh, what's his face from the Mummy, where he's like sucking the energy and life out of people. Yeah. And he's like, <gasps> yeah, that's what it feels. Maybe like. that's why my wife is always so exhausted. <laughs> you just take the energy. <laughs> that's nothing to do with the kids. It's just me. Mitch is just bouncing off the wall. Woo! She does miss oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, before we, I do uh, my punishment review on. The Shadow of the Cat, a 1961 classic. Man! Social media. <laughs> well, well, you can go to entertainthispodcast.com, which will take you to our Facebook group and page. You also go to our Twitter, slash X, which is at this entertain. Our Instagram, which is entertain.this. Our TikTok and our YouTube, which is entertain this exclamation point. And the Planet X Network! Thank you for listening. <laughs> this is my TikTok. Remember yeah, I feel like you guys dumped all your energy in the last episode. Remember to like and subscribe. Just run the whole, just do the whole podcast, Tom. You got this. All right, shout out to the cat, go. Hayden can't be punished. I didn't watch it, it's your punishment. All right, so I watched The Shadow of the Cat, a 1961 British horror film directed by John Gilling, and it was a Hammer film, believe it or not. Oh, was it? It was. Hammer film, was it? Was They're a renowned um, horror movie. Oh. Like, all the, every Dracula movie... Oh, and yeah, sequel yeah, yeah. you could think of, they did it. This okay. was released as a double bill feature along with Curse of the Werewolf. So 
I'm sure they put this first so people <laughs> had to get through it. <laughs> Just get this out of the way. Yeah, it got like a, I think IMDb has it like a 6.5 or something like that. That's that's probably about fair. That's probably what I would give it. But um, so the, here's the premise of the movie. Uh, an old lady is reading Edgar Allan Poe because it's a horror movie and it's in the 60s. And she's, you know, doth quoting the raven and whatnot. And all of a sudden, a creepy man comes in and she identifies the man who's got a hammer in his hand. And doesn't seem to be bothered by that until he starts bashing her brain. <laughs> um, Hello, serial killer. Pretty much. He's just like, oh, it's you. And then she turns back around. Then you just see him like swinging, like swinging for the fences. Ah, oh, Mr. Willsby, <laughs> you're, here to, you're here to fix the fence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's funny because you can tell it's a prop because he's like wailing on her. And she's just like rolling on the ground like, oh. <laughs> you know, he's, he's putting all of his shoulder into it. And, you know. There's no blood. I, at first, I was like, is that an axe? What is that? Because you know, it's very blurry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm watching this, mind you, on the Daily Motion. Just like, <laughs> wow. Which, which is like Al Jazeera's YouTube. <laughs> so, Third world YouTube yeah. channels. I, I barely got away. Like, So there's a remake of this movie in the early 2000s with uh, um, El Machete. What's his name? El Machete. Uh, Michelle? Michelle. Yeah, what's his uh, name? Danny Trejo? Danny Trejo, yeah. El yeah. Isn't that his name? It's From just Machete. Oh, yeah. whatever. Well, but, it, but, you know, Sophia would go, Machete! <laughs> yeah. So there's a remake for that. And I was like, is this the one that Tom meant? And then I saw that she put the year in there. And so then I Googled it with the year, and I, and I had to do some deep dive to find it. But I found it. And the thing about Daily Motion, I'm, I'm going to get off this Daily Motion soapbox here in a second, is it, like, randomly pauses on its own. Like every 15, 20 minutes. To make sure you're still watching. And the movie is Like, so hey, you want to go to the bathroom? You need to get something to drink? No, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's a surprise you're still here, to be honest with you. <laughs> no one's been on this website for this long. <laughs> right. The thing about the, the these old horror movies is that it's an hour and 15 minutes long. And a lot of nothing happens. <laughs> you know, so you'll hear like set, static silence mm-hmm. of people like lurking in the hallways and creeping around. And so, like, you know, I'll just look away, you know. Like you could, it's almost like record static. Right. And, and and then, like, you know, it'll be 12 minutes before I hear some a line go by or something like that. And I'll look back, and somebody's frozen in frame like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I, you have to think, too. Like, mm-hmm. is this more movie mm-hmm. stuff that they're doing? Like, mm-hmm. are they holding on this guy's goofy face for a minute? Like no. It just like, and it's like quick cuts to, like, two people suddenly standing there. And yeah. it's like, ah, oh, investigator Carruthers, you're here to investigate the matter. Right. So no, it's just it's just daily motions screwed up. So you know, then you have to, and I can only play it on my phone because I can't find it on, on. There's no app for daily motion on your TV. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, even if there was, would you want to download it? I would just so I don't have to sit there and hold my tiny phone like because I'm blind six <laughs> inches away from my eyeballs. Uh, all right. So anyways, so she gets her be- brains beat out, and then um, they like her husband and that, the guy was the butler. Um, they live in a swamp somewhere, and in England. And then uh, the maid, um, they all like, "Yay, she's dead!" So they take her and they bury her. But then the husband realizes that the cat has witnessed this murder, and, he, and he's very mad about that. He's like, "We we must kill this cat." Who's the cat going to tell? I know. <laughs> That's the problem with this movie. The whole movie is them trying to kill this cat, and if they just left the damn cat alone. They would all be alive. So is, does the cat just like get troubled, like, and just like goes like full Macaulay Culkin, like Home Alone on? Absolutely not. They chase this. That cat. would have been a way cooler. Movie. They chase this cat all over the place and then fall like 
stupidly and die. Like one lady falls down the, the maid, she falls down the, the stairs and dies. You know, like the, the, the husband, he has two heart attacks whenever he sees the cat. He's just like, oh! and then <laughs> dies. You know? like the cat just does like the dramatic, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And he's like, oh! he, I, he's so upset about this cat that it just overwhelms him and he dies. They just don't shoot it. Uh, that's a that's a good point. I, it's England, so I guess they didn't have guns. I don't. No, know. they had guns. They, they renowned hunters back then. They would have had a shotgun on foot. Apparently, they had a big swamp because the cat like definitely lures the the butler into the swamp, and then he he like falls into the mud. But it, you could tell it's not deep enough for him to like fall in. So he's it. like dropping to like a knee. Yeah, and he like <laughs> he like puts it over his face. Like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, there's, there's is, it least, is it in black and white? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And it's very dark. You can't really see all what's going on, but they light they light the cat pretty good. You know, it's a cute little cat. You know, and then like uh, the 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 true story is is they murdered her because she wrote them out of their will and put it to her like niece, which is her name is Beth, and uh, you know she's the good one, so she gets like all of her inheritance. I don't know why. I've been um, working here for 38 years. Um, so the, the husband makes a fake will and, uh, like, forges her signature or something, but he can't find the original will and the cat because those are the two things that could make his whole plan fall apart. I don't know why. The will is hidden in the cat. Well, you know, it's, actually hidden the house be- down. it's actually hidden behind a portrait of the cat in the attic <gasps> the whole time. I know. Just burn the house down. So surely hidden in there somewhere. <laughs> she's she shows up and she's like you know the 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 moral compass of all this and the cat loves her you know and I don't know why <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on in this movie you know people are uh, people are dying because they're just determined to kill this cat like he hires a couple people to come and kill the cat and they trap it you know instead of killing it right now they decide to take it out to the swamp. And then you know that's when the well, you can. Ju- this is England back in the day. Like you could just kill it, and like no one's going to ask questions. No, I didn't think that far. Ahead. Like the cat inspector, is it going to show up? Well, so like a cop or a constable shows up at one point, and she's the Beth lady is like, you know, I don't understand why they want to kill this cat so bad. And then like, and the constable's like, clearly because they're guilty. And then <laughs> obviously, and then, and then the cat knows something. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it's such a loose plot device that. Doesn't hold together at all. No. So, I, I thought, like, since they were reading Edgar Allan Poe, and it's about a scary cat or something like that, that maybe it was an Edgar Allan Poe story that was just I've never heard of before. No, it's not. It's just some weird... It's a cat who witnessed a murder and futile attempts to kill the cat yeah. that result in their own demises. I, I think that they were like, we need to have two movies. So we got Curse of the Werewolf, but... Look, you guys are all under contractual obligation to do one more movie, we and got, we got, like, a weekend. We got to crank it out. So they, they did, because it, it's all uh, on location. A weekend this, and no budget. At this, And it was. It was all at, at this one house, at this mansion or whatever. And um, Where they film all the other ones. <laughs> it wasn't very good. So, But, you know, it's got a corny kind of nostalgia vibe, you know, the, the way they talk to each other. You know, I got to kill a cat or else all of the... Woven tapestries will unravel, and our, our secrets will be given away. And you're just like, who talks like that? It's like, where's like a normal person who just goes like, yeah, go ahead. Ask the cat. Yeah. Ask the cat what happened. <laughs> See? You got nothing. <laughs> I want a lawyer. <laughs> it, it, it is funny. Like, the the, di- the, the the husband who's dying in the bed, 
like he'll be laying there and he's just like shivering. And you hear like, he's <laughs> like, oh, did you hear that cat? <laughs> Is it here? <laughs> so, It'd be funny if like the end was the cat like baiting him to death, but it's just the cat doing the <laughs> just like on the pillow, just go well, swatting him on the forehead. Yeah, the end is they all die except for Beth, who marries the constable. No, she marries a rider that's that's like in and out for. She's he's purely there for like a love interest purpose. You know, his character doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, take me away from here, and so they just go off into the sunset, and then a new family shows up, and they're already like. Plot and scheming how to get each other's money, and the cat's just watching. <laughs> like, not again. The cat's like the like the best like you know tax <laughs> money uh, you know agent out there. He's gonna get justice for those who who need it. <laughs> cat man. Yeah. So I don't. Know, it was it was dumb. That sounds like a stupid movie. This is a really stupid movie, but it was kind of funny to see them. And, and like you could tell that they had a a tether to the cat. To keep it on place, <laughs> so like the cat would like just randomly try and jump away. <laughs> There's like a like a fishing line, that, <laughs> like no no. Yeah. And there was one where it was like on a uh, a bookshelf with like a lot of glass bottles, and it's the '60s, so they can do whatever they want to an animal. So they the, this the dude's like beating, trying to beat the cat and missing, but exploding glass all over the cat. And the cat is losing its mind <laughs> on camera. And you're like, no, that poor cat. Uh, Mittens, no. <laughs> the cat's name was Tabitha in the movie, and Bupkis in real life. Oh, Bupkis. Yeah. Bupkis. So. <laughs> Bupkis. <laughs> Celebrity cat. Bupkis, no. There you go. I, I give it a six out of ten. Anyways. Yeah. Welcome to the movies. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Who had movies? I did. Oh, look at that. Oh, I gotta keep going. All right. All right. I watched Hypnotic. A 2023 American mystery action th- thriller directed by Robert Rodriguez. Was it hypnotic? No. Was uh, it a thriller? No. So, like, this movie had kind of a... Um, I don't know how to say it without saying it. It had, like, a cringe kind of production quality to it. And I was like, it's not bad, but it just doesn't feel right. And then I didn't understand why until it said, directed by Robert Rodriguez at the very end. And I was like, ah, there it is. Yeah. Well, see, this movie supposedly was in theaters, but I have never seen a trailer or heard about it until it popped up. neither. It made a whopping 8.7 box office uh, million. (laughs) (laughs) 8.7 dollars. Box office off of a $65 million budget. Uh, It was directed by Robert Rodriguez and co-produced by his two sons, Rebel and Racer Max. (laughs) <laughs> Those aren't real names. Those are real names. So, Razor Max. Yep. Bull. Uh, uh, co- so uh, Rodriguez produced, co-shot, and edited the film, which is a terrible idea if you're a director. Uh-huh. Um, and his uh, sons did, uh, Rebel did the music, and Ra- Racer Max was a producer. This is like... You know, I'm a part of this movie too. <laughs> it's like two like dopey sons who were like high on coke. <laughs> just, like, just do a thing! <laughs> We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh, dear. Yes. And sometimes... 
it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Uh, it starred Ben Affleck, Alice Braga, who looks great. She's like in her forties now. She's bathing in virgin blood, so um, <laughs> like then, Madonna. Yeah, and then a bunch of other people you haven't heard of, except for William Fitchner. If you if you saw a picture of him, you know he this guy. He's like oh the, yeah he's oh like, yeah yeah. He, he's like the bad guy in every movie you forgot. He's so. in like you just see him in like you, he just pops up and go. I know that guy. Every movie you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because yeah. you see him, you're like I seen this because he's the time. bank dude at the beginning of the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Yeah. He's the quarterback in the longest yard. The he's remake. the he's like the bad guy that's helping Shredder in the new Ninja Turtles. Is he really? Yeah, something like um, that. He's like some dude they rob in Heat. He was in an Invasion, Prison Break, Crossing Lines, Heat. Contact, Armageddon, Perfect Storm, Go, Crash, Black Hawk Down. Yeah, that's right, Black Hawk Down. So, yeah. You're like, oh, wow, I remember that guy from something. And he's a busy actor. <laughs> nobody knows who he is. Um, he's, I guess, the main bad guy? <laughs> I don't know. So, the plot of this movie is... Um, it's hard to explain. He's like frustrated. He has to explain it. And it, it, it's it. So it's like Robert Rodriguez's attempt at like an Inception esque movie, complete oh. with like the folding background over the top. But it's really low budget. It looks really bad the way they do it. So yeah, and you know, imagine Robert Rodriguez writing an Inception script. It's exactly what this is. What other things is Robert Rodriguez known for? Uh, he did ba- uh, Battle uh, uh, Alita, Battle Angel. You know, which is probably his best movie, I'd I'm, say. I'm say. That was a good one. Yeah, and then he did uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And, That's not bad. Uh, okay. Desperado. Um, but then he did, like, Spy Kids. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, he's got a cheesiness that, that I don't that know. That just won't quit. Like, it works for, like, Once Upon a Time in Mexico because it's got that grindhouse kind of feel. But yeah. for something cerebral like this, you're just like, who says that? You know? <laughs> who says these stupid lines? Um, ben Affleck. Well, yeah. And, you know, like, so I felt like Ben Affleck is going the Bruce Willis route where he's just like, I'll take anything right now. But I, I, then it must be like Robert Rodriguez, you know, I, I hear he's a good guy to work with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure Ben Affleck was like, I got nothing he, else going he on. He can't be hurting. He got back together with J-Lo and he's coming off of Batman money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's no Matt Damon now. I don't know. Jalen's got more rings, I think, now than Tom Brady. But like as a filmmaker, I would say Ben Affleck is a better filmmaker yeah. than Robert Rodriguez. Yes. So they should have gave the story to Ben and just yeah. been like, "You just sort that out. Yeah, we'll pay you the money." But okay, so he's a cop. I don't know where, someplace. Boston it might be L.A. But um, he in he and his uh his partner. Well, so he's like in a counseling, like a therapist place, and he's. Um, he's getting released back to duty because he lost his daughter recently. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like Tom Cruise in Minority Report, like that she's just gone and mm-hmm. he can't explain it. Um, and so he he's back to duty. They immediately go to a bank robbery where that bad guy shows up, William Fitchner, um, and he he just can go up to people and be like, "Sure, it's hot today," and then just be like, "Oh my goodness!" and start taking their clothes off and you know whatever. And he'll go to cops and say like whisper something, and they'll turn their guns where he wants them, wants them to. So you can control everybody. Okay. Um, 
And it's a very like, like a, a cheap plot device because you know, uh, you, you come to find out that Alice Braga is also a hypnotic, and he he, Matt uh, uh, Matt Damon, uh, <laughs> Ben Affleck, the other one, he gets a a plot device that leads him to her, and she explains him this world of hypnotics, and you know they try to world build for a little bit, and then she's like, "Let me show you," and she tells this guy to sit down, and he does it. And you're just like. That's a little weak. Yeah, you're like, yeah, but they're actors, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you have, they have to do that. Yeah, and paid ben, actor. Ben Affleck's like, whoa, I can't believe he did that. Like, well, he did it. He sat down. <laughs> I just made him. Yeah, yeah. So you're just, it's kind of silly, uh, and then it goes out of control. You find out crazy things about the characters and what what is happening is not happening, and I. I don't want to spoil it for you because maybe you want to watch it if you like Inception-based movies, but, you know, maybe the listeners do and stuff like that. But, it, you know, if, if Inception's a 10, this would be a 6. So, uh. yeah. It, 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 I, I didn't think that it had intelligence enough to go to where it's going, and when it gets there... It it feels like it copied somebody else's paper, you know. So this is just plagiarism. The movie, yeah. It, it, I mean, like the it didn't feel like as earned. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, so six out of ten for that one too. It's good as as straight or uh, the shadow of the black cats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, it was not a great performance all around. Every every person acted like they can't believe what they're saying. Is what it felt like, you know. And the action was stupid. But because it's stupid, when you find out what's going on, you can kind of see where they're, why they would want to cheap it down a little bit. It kind of makes sense, you mm-hmm. know, not to reveal too much away, but, you know, see it for yourself and you let me know what you think. But, yeah, it's a tough movie to review because you can't tell if they're intentionally being bad or if it's just bad. <laughs> so It's probably just bad. It's, it, I, I kind of walked away from that. It had a very weak ending, too. You're just like, it that's it? That's that's what's going on. That's all you got. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, six out of ten. All right, well. History began on July fourth, seventeen seventy six. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> Was that like rumbling noise? Was that the Apollo rockets? I don't know. You oh. made the sound bite. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. I, I can't remember what I did the other day. I'm not responsible for what I've made. <laughs> Anyways, I watched a TV show. What'd you watch? streaming Mike? show on Paramount+. Plus. I watched Special Ops Lioness. Mm. Which I had no intention of watching this until my parents were like, this is a pretty good show. I was like, all right, what's it about? And then I started looking into it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, Taylor Sheridan made it? Yeah, I'll watch it. Because <laughs> he hasn't made anything bad, in my opinion, yet. Mm. Um, me. Hey, it's like, I'd like to interject. The... Uh, the uh, sequel to um, the what's the one? Uh, the what's the Mexican assassins called? What are they called? Mexican assassins. Yeah, is that about Sicario? Sicario. Yes. Yeah, like, the se- the second one was not very good. I thought it was pretty good. I liked I it. The second one was good. Nah. You're wrong. Anyways, he made both <laughs> my opinion's the only one that matters. I'm Hayden Brennan. <laughs> Taylor Sheridan's made both the Sicario movies. He's made Yellowstone, 1886, 1923, Mayor of Kingstown, Tulsa King. So, the dude's just a juggernaut. <laughs> Yellowstone, 2077. <laughs> but anyways, this is a, an eight-episode series. Uh, like I said, Taylor Sheridan, he's the writer and director. 
Uh, and it's basically this show takes place as a CIA attempts to use female operatives to get close with like the wives and daughters of known terrorists or terrorist affiliates. So they're basically just trying to, they recruit people out of like, that are in the military that have score like exceptional in certain areas. And they just kind of pull them in, interject them into the, the terrorist like families lives mm-hmm. where they can. Well, did they ask them? Did they ask who? If they want to be a part of that world? Well, yeah, they, they ask them. They, they, they ask them, like, would you want to be part of this? I always like that they just assume, like, you scored off the charts. Here's your first mission. Well, I don't want it. I don't want to do that. Well, and that's... I want to be a cook. And that's what... <laughs> no! The the, uh, the girl that plays uh, uh, Manula Cruz, or Manila Cruz, I can't remember the uh, the full name, but it's uh, Laisla de Olivier, Oliviera. But she... Uh, Good job, Mitch. <laughs> we got through that. Basically, she's like, they're growing up, and they're like, all right, today's the day. And she's like, what? She's like, I don't know anything about this person. They're like, that's the point. You're not supposed to know anything. Be- because if you go in and you call her by her name or tell her something you don't know that you shouldn't know, you're going to kind of blow the whole operation. But uh, I, too, like to collect. You are a I level mean. one character. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the show stars Zoe Saldana, the Lesla de Oliveira, uh, Jill Wagner, uh, Stephanie Nur, um, she's like the the terrorist. Uh, she plays Alaya, mm-hmm. which is like the terrorist daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Nicole Kidman, uh, LaMonica Garrett. Which, if you've seen 1886, he's the guy that's with. Um, he's the black guy that's with. His name is Monica. LaMonica La oh. Garrett. The law in front of it makes him masculine. But uh, <laughs> but he's the guy that's with um, Sam uh, Sam Elliott. And okay. That, yeah. Um, and then you have James Jordan, which is the guy from 1886 that's the cook. Never trust a guy with two first names. <laughs> and then lastly, you got Morgan Freeman. Those are the people you'll you'll recognize. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. But uh, I mean, it, it, basically, she's trying to get close to him, and they have like their own CIA operatives and stuff that are kind of like her her backup that are monitoring throughout all the stuff. And as far as like the the operation stuff, it's like your typical. Special ops, you know, CIA mission stuff that you'd see in any other movie, but it does a really good job of balancing. Are they on computer screens? And every time they open a window, there's a digital sound effect. Well, no, there's there's one guy. The other, the rest of them are sitting by with their guns, cleaning and whatever. And there's one guy that has like his suitcase that basically opens up and it's a computer and, and he's just monitoring. Every time he checks his email, it's like no, you know, I hate that about no. Tech. And there's always like just dudes in the background just cleaning guns like yeah. nonstop. It's like you never see him shoot anybody. It's just like. <laughs> Like they're good. Like you could stop, put them back together, and leave them there. Yeah. No, you know these guys. These, these guys shoot people. They, the show does a really good job of balancing the drama, the suspense, and the action. Where it's not like you know every episode there's a big shootout, but they do every couple episodes they they have a reason for being there, as opposed to where some are just like it's either no action whatsoever until the very end, mm-hmm. or there's action every episode where you know the cover would have been blown. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does a real good job of balancing all that. Also, this uh, the show has Zoe Saldana's uh, character called Joe. Mm-hmm. She's married and has two kids, and it does a really good job of trying to show how she's having, trying to balance what she does while keeping it a secret from them. Mm. Like her her husband knows that she does stuff for the military and CIA, but she doesn't. He doesn't know what he's got. Like the most boring job in open. No, he's a, he's a surgeon. Oh. And uh, they uh, they show a foot surgeon. No, like, <laughs> the lamest of the. I surgeons. amputated two toes. Today. <laughs> no, I mean they they do a really good job with them because like he's a surgeon and 
like he has a good story arc too because he's having to stay home and take care of the kids when he can. He's a surgeon. But why is she, why is she working so hard? She's good. Well, <laughs> kick your feet up. <laughs> Relax. He's doing his stuff, and he like the first time you see him, he's actually having to explain to a family why they need to spend time with their daughter because she has a tumor the size of a baseball in her head, mm. and it does. I mean, it does a really good job of providing the drama on why he, it's a struggle for them at home between what he's got to do, what she's got to do, and trying to raise their kids. Mm-hmm. It, it's a really good show. It's like. That's one of the things like uh, Zoe Saldana's character struggles with is because she's got her her teenage daughter, she's got her little daughter, and then she's got her husband that they. So it's she's like in and out of their lives. It's like family drama juxtaposed with like international, you know, CIA stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Because she she'll she'll come pretty, home and then she'll practical. be called away and have to leave, and then she'll come home and then like they'll call her on her phone. She'll have to leave again. So I, I gotta go be friends with my new terrorist buddy. It's yeah. for the government. But mom, you Wink. said you'd come to the dance. I gotta go save the world. Well, no, like there's another. I'll part. be home for dinner. <laughs> no, it's it's a lot more drama than that. It's because like the the little girl or the the teenage daughter hates her because she's never around yeah. and thinks that you know she can't just come in and start making rules when she's never there. Well, then she has a big incident that causes them to have to stay, you know, to check in on her more. Um, I don't want to ruin it a bunch, but it, it is really good. Um, <laughs> Long gone are the days of spoiler McGee. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like the the show, it, it says they took seven months to film it, which is pretty impressive for some of the stuff that they've done. Uh, they had real uh, military advisors come in that showed them how to kind of maneuver stuff when they clear houses and things like that. Have you seen the the gun company that does the training for all the John Wick films? Mm-hmm. Like they do like the speed shoots. They have. Everybody, all these big time celebrities that you would mm-hmm. think would be anti guns and stuff like that are just like eating it up. They think it's like the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. You know? It's because of the John Wick movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's all that gung fu thing. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, like, you know. Because they posted the one clip of like him like going through with like an AR and like doing like weapon cycling, you know, yeah. tactical reloads, and he's just going nuts, just taking out everybody. And they're just like, that's the coolest stuff. Everybody's like, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to be cool like that. I mean, it's effective. I, I think, like you know, instead of saying guns bad, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. all over, it's it's a it's a staple American mm-hmm. feature. You might as well just act responsibly and showcase mm-hmm. that kind of mentality behind it. Mm-hmm. So, you want to do John Wick or you want to do Alec Baldwin? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then lastly, like another thing that's pretty cool about the uh, the movie is it's because this girl is a marine that just gets brought in. And she doesn't have any, like, the official training and stuff like a CIA, like, spy would. Mm-hmm. They bring her in, and she struggles, like, forming a connection and friendship with this other person. Because she's she, a Marine. That she's supposed to be, like... Crayons! Exactly. She's supposed to have a mark, you know, be the mark for She's She just starts forming a connection with her, so then she kind of struggles with, like, you know, manipulating and all that kind of stuff and giving information. It, it, it does really good. Mm-hmm. I, I got, you want to go swimming? Without without spoiling it, it's, it's really good. It's I was surprised. And uh, I know the the show was originally called just called Lioness, but then they changed it to Special Ops because I'm. They Sounds cooler. Well, they haven't confirmed a second season yet, but judging by its success, they'll probably have one. And with the title Special Ops, like semicolon, and then whatever the word, he can change Scorpion it because the Lioness Project is loosely based on something that the military really has supposedly, huh. and so he can you know if he has Special Ops semicolon, he can. Pick and choose, and then loosely base it on another project or something like Special that. Special Ops Tigress. I mean, 
Special yeah. Ops. Huntress. But like, like I was talking about... Uh, Special Ops. Turtleless. Poop. <laughs> Zoe Saldana's character is really struggling with like the the gravity of what her job is because in the very opening scene, there's a woman that's in this compound that's been basically like undercover and she's getting on the phone and she's like, well, they, they saw my tattoo and she's like, what tattoo? Because like she was supposed to not... She said she didn't have any. And this girl's like, well, I have a cross in my armpit from where you know my, my brother died. And evidently she was bathing and another female at the compound saw it. So they're oh, all hunting her. No. Well, then she sends she her... She has a cross tattoo. Catholic! <laughs> she sends her team in to go try and rescue her, but they find her beforehand. So her team's like on the helicopter on the way there. And when they realize that she's on the sat phone and realize they've already caught her, she just orders a missile strike and just, just kills her and all the, the, the compound full of people. Shouldn't have got tattoos. So that was a they're of the devil. So I mean, it was pretty cool. So well, I look at my tattoos. So is it like girl power? The the no. movie? I don't know. No, I mean, that's that's kind of what show. I that's kind of what I thought it was going to be. But no, it's it, I mean it's a really good like diverse kind of yeah. mix of stuff. That's fun. I'll give it a give it a whirl. I thought like the the guys oh. that plays like the special ops like you know it, fighters and stuff that are working with her would just be like background, but they are all pretty fleshed out too as far as like. They don't have all have big backstories, but they all have a purpose for being there. I like Zoe Saldana. Uh-huh. She's like the sci-fi queen of our generation. She, Star Trek, Star. Is she in Star Wars? No, no, but she is in Avatar. Uh, she's in Avatar, Avatar Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. She's she's gonna she's gonna get in Star Wars. She's doing good. I bet you they asked her to be Ahsoka, and she was like, "I'm busy." Yeah. <laughs> but I like Ros- Rosario Dawson. I, did you guys see Ahsoka? We'll, we'll get to that in the news. Oh, I haven't seen any of it yet, so. It's, it's. I'm waiting for it all to be done so I can. This just last one episode run. was wow. But I definitely give this this uh the show probably eight point five out of ten. Mm-hmm. So. This always reminds me of Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Playing the synthesizer. <laughs> Booger. <laughs> I played a game. I played CS:GO. Mm. Or, CS:GO. Or better known as Counter Strike Global Offensive. Oh. If you're going to say go, why don't you just say ks instead of CSGO? Go. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well just commit to it. Or if I go, go. Yeah. Go. I know exactly. I played scout. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. The 2012 <laughs> multiplayer tactical first person. This yeah. is the first Counter-Strike game I've ever played. We're reviewing. Well, they, it, uh, it got updated yesterday. Tom chose to play this instead of Starfield because he said Starfield looks boring. It did to me. Uh, this is who this comes from the guy that plays Skyrim. Yeah, developed by Val. You, yeah, Sky, a lot of people <laughs> played it. <laughs> Skyrim looks boring. I've never played it. You're boring. <laughs> developed by Valve and Hidden Path Entertainment. Uh, this is the most recent Counter Strike. The next one's supposed to come out allegedly at the end of this year. Oh, but anyway. But this is what everyone's playing because they're fed up with Call of Duty and Battlefield. Here we are. Back to Call of Duty. So, Tim's having been playing a lot of it. I'd never played a Counter-Strike game. I fired it up. It is... I tell you what, it's a step back from where we've come in first-person shooters. Yeah. Because you got to stop and stand still to shoot? You can move and shoot. Oh, okay. You're not going to hit anything, but you can move and shoot. I started to get kind of decent with it with the submachine guns. But uh, I did a couple casual matches, and it, like the first game I was in, it was just all bots. I was the only real person, mm-hmm. and I, I died a couple of times because I just run around trying to figure it out, and I kept trying to ADS with the guns, right. but you can't, right? Unless you have a sniper rifle. I forgot about that part. Okay, 
So I eventually kind of figured it out, and then I started doing Call of Duty stuff to the bots where, like, I'd see one of them in a corner, and I'd run, and I'd jump around the corner while going pa 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 and actually get somebody. I got blown up a couple times by the bombs on the objectives. Yeah. Because it goes like it gives you like forty seconds to go defuse it, and it's like beep, 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 and then the last ten seconds, it's like beep, 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 and you're just like, ah, 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 while you're trying to cut the wires. <laughs> there was I got one like like with like uh set like barely a second left. That was like a movie. I, I know it was like <sighs> like I cut the right. It was like blue, no red. <laughs> and uh, I played a couple games where there's real people this time. Mm. And I actually, I did pretty well. I stayed positive. Yeah. But it's just the bizarre mechanic. Like, there's so much I'm used to being able to do that taking that step back sucked. Like, you can't, like, like you see, like, uh, oh, there's a short fence. Yeah. Between, like, a pathway. Uh, I can't jump and vault over it. That's dumb. The graphics aren't, well, the graphics suck. Let's, let's be real. It was 2012. Um, it's still a very popular game. Like, immensely popular. They still have multiple tournaments. I, I have two things to say about this game. One is, I the only thing that I know about this iteration of Counter-Strike is, I, every time I see a video clip, it's people spawning and just dying because they're being shot from across the map instantaneously. Like that's It how, didn't happen to me. That's how good people are in that yeah. game. You know? And two, my experience with Counter-Strike is in, like, fifth grade when we were in typing class, <laughs> and the teacher... Had barely understood uh, what a computer was, let alone was like no no crap. So my 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 typing teacher was the home ec teacher that lost six of his fingers, <laughs> and he couldn't te- he couldn't teach that anymore. So like typing class would be a good class for you to to, to do, and he was he he and that dude could type pretty fast for for having like three fingers. You know he lost six out of ten, so he has four. Hayden. Whatever. So you know you don't count the thumbs. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> But he would, he would like finger pick it away pretty fast. But he, you know, he didn't understand like everything about computers, you know. So we would be in the back and everybody had Counter Strike and like girl, boy, all it brought everybody together. We were all killing each other in like the land Counter Strike games that we were playing. Didn't learn crap about typing, but <laughs> you know, the future would solve that. You learned tactics and yeah. battle strategy. We learned team strategy. Yeah. We knew who was good and who was dead. <laughs> Uh, that was like my first real big shooter. There was a couple dudes I played against too, where, like, I mean, not like you know, as soon as you spawn, like the dude with the sniper rifle just like shoots through a wall and nails you right in the face. Yeah, good. But there was a couple dudes like I would jump the corner and start shooting at them, and they'd have like a sniper, or, like the deagle, mm-hmm. and they would just, you know, pop and get like perfect aim. Yeah. And I was like, hacker, <laughs> aim bots, losers. Um, it's not bad. I mean, everybody's just playing this because everybody just got fed up a cult with Modern Warfare 2 and all their nonsense. There's a few holdouts who were still playing it. I haven't played it in like three weeks. Careful, careful. We're almost talking about it. So going to what they're all playing, and it's free on Steam. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a lot to download. It runs really well. You're running on your toaster. <laughs> yeah, you probably could, Aiden, yeah. with your smart toaster. I don't. I don't have a toaster. I have a little... How do you toast? I have an oven thingy. A little rotary oven thing. Rotary oven. Yeah. You have a rotisserie? Yeah. You put the bread in it and then it spins it through the little conveyor belt and it poops it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all toasted. Poops Poop. it out. So... That highbrow equipment. Yeah, it has... <laughs> and it can run CSG. Go. Go. <laughs> Whatever it's called. 
I just have to like put certain food items on the belt, and that's how it does the movements. <laughs> Did you see the video that I sent you guys? With the fish? Yeah, yeah. it beats uh, Godric. So this dude's just got a fish tank, and it's got it mapped with all the buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the fish just swims around, and every time it floats into a button, it'll activate that command into the game. And the fish, the fish beat Godric. In, in Elden Ring. <laughs> it took me like an hour with randoms who like were obnoxiously powered. The guy's like in the aquarium, like outside the glass. Like, come on, you can do it. Come on. And the fish is just like. <laughs> come on, Lieutenant Shiny Sides. You can do it. <laughs> I was like, wow. A fish did something that I could not do for a long time. But see, this guy wasn't bad because there's nothing really other, other than Starfield. There's nothing new happening right now. The only thing that happened is modern uh, Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. For if you had early release, came out today. Yeah. If not, it comes out in five more days. Okay, Mitch, you want to talk about Starfield? I mean, I've been playing it. Yeah. <laughs> How many hours you got into it now? Uh, it's either like sixteen or seventeen. That's it. I didn't take off a week and a half to play it. <laughs> I didn't take off a week and a half to play it. It just happened to come out a week and a half. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just happened to all fall into place that way. <laughs> that is some other stuff. But uh, about three days. Jeez. Yeah, there's some dudes that have like 150 hours. Well, they don't have jobs. Well, that probably is their job. <laughs> but play uh, this. Uh, the the new game plus stuff is pretty interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm digging that and and what what can come out of it. The whole Starborn um, yeah. storyline is pretty cool. And I'm excited. like Dragonborn. And it did. I do like that it gives you a reason to play it over. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a without it's, revealing all of it. It's a it's a fun way to go through. I think everybody knows at this okay. point. Well, uh, did you see the guy that accidentally unlocked a a future feature for the game coming out? Uh-uh. It's star based designs. Yeah, he like somehow glitched the game and he's able to design star bases, oh. like like satellite, like in orbit of planets, and satellites stuff like that. and stuff. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so that's something obviously they're planning on doing. I haven't so. even made an outpost. I did just to just to get a quest thing done, but I can see like people are super into it because it is just automatic resources and stuff you need and you, you can build the best guns and parts for ships and stuff like that in the game. Now one thing I didn't know you could do was walk around your ship while you're in space. You didn't know that? Not until I started in the middle of a fight. Oh. <laughs> I was fighting someone and then all of a sudden my guy just gets up while the ship's being shot. I'm like, no, get back in the pilot seat. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> it's like, all right, enough of this. <laughs> So and, and oh, autopilot. <laughs> you uh, you can assign your crew and stuff like that in, in your ship, which is cool because it does make a significant difference if mm-hmm. you have somebody that's really good at ballistics or something like that. Yeah, so it's it's a funny. There's just so much to do. It's it's overwhelming. So and and Tom's gone. So yeah, okay. I guess he's going to the bathroom. In the world of news, Aquaman 2 trailer just dropped. Um, it did not look very good. No. So I, I haven't bothered to watch it. <laughs> the the CG overhaul. I, I, I don't know how many times this movie was in reshoots, but it's been a couple times. Apparently, at one point, it was considered, quote-unquote, unwatchable. Mm. And I think a little bit of that still sticks out because the CG just looks gross. It looks way over over the top. Well, like we talked about, I was like, you know, I understand why they continued with the Flash movie because it could reset the universe. I don't understand why I even bother having this movie. 
I don't know either. Um, and they're taking a really weird stance with Amber Heard and all this because they have her in all the press junket photos and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they're all acting like everything's cool. But they have trimmed her down to, like, three frames in the trailer. <laughs> You're like, what? Was that Was that her? Was it? You know, and they talk about her kind of, like, in, in passive. Mm-hmm. Like, Aquaman is married and has kids. And you're like, oh, okay. Who's he married to? <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Um, yeah, it it this this is gonna be a stinker, you know. For the last one being like one point five billion dollars, yeah. To for them to like, I, I think that's the only reason why it's getting a sequel. But that's not the reason to make it happen, right? You know, if you can see that a movie's gonna be trash, you should probably not do it. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of red flags for this movie. One, you know. Uh, DC kind of losing its identity recently, and, yeah. and two, the Amber Heard mess, and them having to recut a lot of that movie to get her out as much, best as they can, but still leave it in because they don't want to, like, you know, take away from women or something like that. I don't know. Well, and, that and the Flash movie retconning it to where basically it's not part of the universe anyways. I don't know what they're thinking. So, you know, um, that stupid pop-up just happened. All right. Uh, on top of that... Uh, Chris Pine, Chris Pine, Chris, Chris Brine. <laughs> I was thinking Chris Pratt. Chris Pine had his uh, first directorial debut with his movie that just came out. I heard it wasn't good. It's called The Pool Man, and it's doing terrible. Never heard of it. I don't know what it's about, but uh, it's got like a twenty-five right now. So this is probably his last directorial debut. <laughs> so somebody said, "So why is The Pool Man so awful?" It comes down to the screenplay and Pine's grating lead performance as a kind of lovable loser that's clearly patterned off of Jet Bridges' turn as the dude in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Alas, Pine isn't either of the Coen brothers with the character insufferable right from the start as he cranks out daily letters to Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> okay. That's a, is, that's, that's a weird. Is random. being a director really that hard? I would imagine it's very hard to direct yourself. You know, I, I couldn't imagine doing that. <laughs> you could enter a monologue going on with yourself. Yeah. Like, Hayden, you got to get it together. I'll I'll let you know when I get it together, sir. <laughs> so, Hayden just, like, walks with a hand mirror. Because, <laughs> like, you have to have a level. Let's, so I'm trying not to be too much of a jerk here. But, like, if you're an actor, if you you have to have a level of, of, uh, of like, self-love, you know, to the point, a little level of narcissism, let's call it that, you know, to the point <laughs> How where... How come you're not an actor? Beca- to the point where, like, <laughs> one, I'm not good. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not narcissistic enough, I guess. Uh, you know, to the point where, like, you, you're willing to take all the crap and enjoy being the center of attention. You know, I don't necessarily like all that on top of the fact that if you're a director you have to tell people what they don't want to hear in order to make the movie work. You're really good at that. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, you have that. Yeah. I, I can do that all day long. Now, if you think that you're, 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 you know, what doesn't stink, you know, and then you're the person that tells people what they don't want to hear. You're living in like your own crazy fantasy. And I can imagine there's only like one person crazy enough to pull that off. And it was Mel Gibson, <laughs> so, you know, cause he believed himself. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you know what? He has a good track record. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I feel like directing's not that hard. All right, you do it. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the money or the time. Okay. It's just like, you know, here's the screen. Like, here's the screenplay. You know, here's your actors. Like, you read it. You like the project. It's like, okay, I want someone who can be this person. People interview and audition. 
And you go, I like. I think this guy is that is that guy. Well, f- so directing is taking an original idea, okay, mm-hmm. that people who are not even like there on set, but was their labor of love for X mm-hmm. amount of time, they hand it off to you. Now you got to take that and then make it work to what you think is the right thing to do, but still be respectful to those people and the people that have their own stupid ideas on set in that moment too. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn when your idea is the best idea and when it's not the best idea and it, and be gracious enough to accept it. And in, in the end, none of it matters because it's still going to be whatever it's going to be and you didn't foresee it happening that way anyways. And hopefully it's better than what you anticipated. So... That just doesn't sound that different. If Clint Eastwood could just like sit there and just go, <laughs> and then they, they go through the act and he just goes, That's enough. Clint Eastwood has 70 years of experience with this. You can't just compare yourself to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what he does. Like, that was like Tom Hanks' impression. He goes, like, Whatever movie they were doing, it's like he just like sits behind you and he just goes, He like, does like the face. He's like, Go ahead. Just because he makes it look easy doesn't mean it is easy. And, and, and to be honest, not all of Clint Eastwood's movies are the greatest. So. Mm. You know, I feel like I definitely could have did it better with the first Star Wars movies, not the original three, but like well, definitely uh, what they put out. Those are their own special crazy basket cases because you know you not only have source material that was completely from somebody else who's not attached to Anymore, the project because he sold it. But you want to be respectful, but you also want to be different enough where it has its own identity. But you also Man, have studio okay. executives that are pressing down on you to push an agenda. And you need to have your own spin to have and your that own name. And that evil B word, Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. So there's that, like, if if somebody was, if I won the lottery and somebody mm-hmm. was like, you direct a Star Wars movie, I'd probably be like, no, nah, I don't know. I don't need that kind of drama. Oh, no. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to take the easy part. I'm going to direct a Darth Vader series. I'm cracking my knuckles and go, we are doing Knights of the Old Republic. If it's a series, I think you could get away with it because the studios aren't that invested because it's not big movie money. So they they probably let you have a, a lot more freedom like oh. they did, you know, uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. So, but yeah, there you go. That's enough movie news. What you got? Games. We're just skipping TV. I mean, I didn't know we were, had to be certain stuff, but In I can do my TV. I can do TV. Um, California. We're just gonna <laughs> open up, with the state of California. Get this ad pop pop ups. Look at us, so prepared. I, it was prepared. I had it ready. Mm. And then the pop-ups were like, uh-uh. <laughs> California's massive right-to-repair law leaves carve-out for video game consoles. So California is actually passing their legislation that any console or electronic that comes out that is priced upon release of being over $100, those manufacturers have to have all the parts to replace it in its entirety and fix it for seven years. Hmm. It's good for the consumer, I guess. That is good for the consumer. So, like, if you have uh, California actually doing something right, this is actually <laughs> like they did something right. As long as when it first hits the market, so long as the device costs a hundred dollars or more, they have to have. You know what's going to happen though, right? All these big time video game production studios are going to just move somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So, because there's a lot going on like behind the scenes in video games. Right now, this week, because California passed that bill, which I mean, obviously, like you said, yeah. greatly helps the consumer. Yeah, especially when consoles start to get a little long in the tooth. But like people who still have like a, an Xbox Series One, and it's broken, and GameStop's like, "I'll give you two dollars." 
But you can now, you should be able going forward, like if that happens to you later on, like with like, let's say five years from now with right. the Series X or the PS5s, it doesn't work. The and it's Red Ring of Death. The Red Ring of Death, like back <laughs> in the days. day. But that that was something Microsoft took on their own. They did. That wasn't, had to be legislated. You could just for say a year. Yeah. No, it was for a no. while. It was for yeah, like the it, life of it. I got like two or three that ended up getting that red ring, and I could, they said just send it in, and we'll send you a new one. Uh, yeah. So like two weeks later, I had a whole, mm-hmm. whole new Xbox. Yeah. So you start your games all over again. No. You get to keep the hard drive. Oh, yeah. Okay. You just pop out the hard drive and send it. Yep. Interesting. Because that was a conveniently designed console. Yeah. Because it's just a push button and just, yep, <laughs> good to go. But... Like, going forward, like, let's say, like, with the Series X in three years, like, yours just isn't doing whatever it wants. Microsoft is supposed to have on hand everything to fix it or replace it and make it perfect. I bet you Xbox will get it ahead of that and be like, yeah, that's a great idea. We'll do it. And Sony is going to be like, no, when? <laughs> Our new show, when? <laughs> now, there's other stuff going on. The video game company Unity closes offices following a death threat. Wow. So, Unity, um, I think they did Final Fantasy. No, that's Square Enix. That's Square Enix? Okay, never mind. <laughs> they did something. They'd, okay. They're a big game. Uh-huh. So I'm told. Big game company. Unity Engine. Big, 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 big old games. <laughs> Good news there, Tom. Um, They were getting death threats because they introduced a new policy that beginning January 1st, makers of Unity games, because they sell the softwares and technolo- uh, tools and technology for games, mm-hmm. if their game... Just want to make sure it's if it once it goes past two hundred thousand installations per user, mm-hmm. like you know they you put out a game, two hundred thousand people right. download it, or it makes up to whatever amount of money right. that they set forth. You have to pay a percentage mm-hmm. of each download after that to them. Yeah, um, I don't disagree with that because like uh, Unreal. Kind of has a policy with that, mm-hmm. and all these, all these are are tools for indie gamers to like basically have some startup, you know, materials mm-hmm. to make games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, like the reason why Bethesda is crazy with their creation engine is not just because they a made their own game and all of those resources and assets are original to that game, mm-hmm. but the fact that there's billions of it, like there's, you can't count in Starfield like how many different little individual assets there are in that game. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make a game that's that's like, uh, what's this game coming out called, like Re-Record, where it's a super hyper-realistic body cam shooter footage. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, the one that came out like, what, like a month ago? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's out or not, but um, it's... Well, like the trailer They cut. They use uh, uh, Unreal Engine and all of their assets for that. And, you know, they made it pretty. They made the game look interesting, but that's not their stuff. That's Unreal. So, mm-hmm. like... If I loan my studio to you to make a movie and my green screen to you to make a movie out of it, I better get paid for it. Yeah. You know, like that makes sense. I don't understand why people are losing their mind over it unless they're asking for like 95% or something like that. Uh, I don't know the full percentage they're asking for. All I know is a lot of the other uh, bigger gaming companies. Right. Because like if I'm using your stuff to make my game, like, I'm, I'm paying to use the software and all this other stuff. It's like, all right, yeah, it's cool. And it's like, all right, we put out the game. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, okay, yeah. Like, but if you do really, really well, you got to pay us more money. Well, uh, it depends on how much money it is, I guess. I mean, if they're if they're asking for an astronomical amount, then, yeah, that's worth losing your mind over. 
Because so. apparently like, a lot of manufacturers are losing their minds because uh, any t- every time someone downloads the game, they got to pay Unity. I mean, I don't know. It, it, I guess cost analysis kind of thing. If you get 200,000 people, you know, and you have to bump it up 20% of what you're paying that company, but you're still, like, astronomically making downloads and stuff like mm-hmm. that. There's a lot of indie games that are doing really well, you know, so... If you need somebody else's assets to make it happen, you should probably pay them for it. I'm looking to see if they put out how much it's going to cost them, like per download. I don't know. I think I saw in one article it was like, I, I want to say it was like twenty cents per download. Per download and it has to go directly to them. Well, but, uh, I don't know. What's the average going rate for indie games nowadays? But I mean, if you have if you put out a game that has five million downloads, it's going to add up. Yeah, but we don't have anybody here would smart make, enough to do that math right now. <laughs> would you make that money without their assets? You know, so. But that's like if I buy a hammer, and once I use X amount of nails, or I hammer X amount of nails, now I got to pay you to keep using the hammer. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that's that's kind of a hard way to explain that. Uh, I would I would do it more like this. It, well, first off, let me ask you this: Is it retro? Like, if I built a game today. Are they saying okay? This now. is going to be. This is going to come into effect January twenty twenty four. January first, twenty twenty four. This is going to be the going. They're going forward. Do I get grandfathered into it? I imagine everybody would be grandfathered in at this point. Okay, I don't know, but don't a lot know. of people think this is going to cause some manufacturers to go away from Unity and go to like Unreal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I actually have a, another bit of news, but I'll, I'll we'll do you first, Mitch. All right. Uh, well, the. Uh, any of y'all ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the old 90s? Nope. Nope. Well, that television show, it ended after... <laughs> Moving on. T- after, uh, I forget, I think it was 2001 is when the series ended. Mm-hmm. Well, now the, one of the actors that played Spike, which is James Marsters, which was Brainiac in Smallville. Uh, if you saw the show The Runaways, he was one of the bad guys in it. It was like one of the parents. Um, he's basically, they're making an audio drama, which they're bringing back all the actors to voice the characters in it which will take, ten play, take place 10 years after the finale events where he basically is an undercover person that's convinced the underworld that he's evil again, trying to uncover some kind of mystery. Well, that's kind of interesting. Okay. Then you have uh, the UFC and you have WWE, and they've both been bought by the Endeavor Group, which so now this one group con- uh, has control of both of those, and it's, they're being controlled by what they call the TKO Group. Okay. So... Now, basically, Vince McMahon is no longer the the top authority for WWE. Oh. Because the Endeavor Group owns, like, 51% of the shares. They have a majority. So, like, you still have, like, Triple H and stuff, which used to be a wrestler. He's now, like, the control and control in control of creative. Mm -hmm. But now they've basically bought these, and they want to rebrand them more so, I guess, for the UFC to where it's more grandstanding. Right. But the... uh, Basically, this Endeavor group is known for making premium live events like concerts, the uh, the UFC fights and stuff. Mm-hmm. So people are they're excited to see what they'll do as far as like making these uh, bigger events. Mm-hmm. But they're also kind of nervous that like you know WWE's been on the WWE Network or Peacock, mm-hmm. and now they're afraid that they're going to be like charging like they do for UFC sixty bucks to watch the oh, premium f- event that you're watch. already watching on this streaming app. To watch, like, main title card event fights. Yeah, they're kind of worried about that. I would never 
spend that much money. I, w- I wouldn't either. I'm not into it that much to pay that kind of money I, to watch. I, every now and then, I would spend like 30 bucks when they were on mm-hmm. TV and they were pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I would spend 30 bucks maybe every couple of months to watch a certain one, but mm-hmm. I'm not spending that much money pay-per-view. each month. Uh, that well, used to be a big thing back in the day. You also have this guy. Have y'all heard of Oliver Anthony in music? No. <laughs> well, basically, he's the number one on like the top of the charts for everything. He's like a country singer. But he's he's a guy that he said he was just singing and people started liking it. So they just, oh, is he that hillbilly? Out yeah, of nowhere? that like yeah. that rich men of like Richmond or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah. he just put that out. Richmond, north of Richmond, yeah. But uh, basically, he canceled one of his concerts because he said the venue was charging astronomical prices to go to a concert. He's like, I'm not making all that money, and I'm not here to make that kind of money. He says, I was just trying to sing. Because he says that a lot of his music was to help him with his own depression and stuff like that, so he mm-hmm. just sings. Mm-hmm. And like he's, he's done free concerts with thousands of people at different places. And then supposedly he also turned down like an $8 million contract somebody was trying wow. to sign. Because he, he like, he's like, I'm not in it for the money. I just sing because I enjoy doing it. I thought, thought it was kind of neat. I bet you all the executive producer people just hate his guts. Oh, yeah, they do because he's been on like the top of the charts for all the music categories for like three mm-hmm. weeks now. That's like uh, back in like the seventies and the eighties. Um, whatever record companies they hated the Clash because they would like their contract specifically stated like all their double albums or whatever special stuff had to go at the same price as regular. Mm-hmm. So like if like a record cost seven dollars in nineteen eighty. And they put out a double album, it costs twice as much, or if not more, it'd be like $18, $14. They're like, nope, seven bucks. <laughs> or we're not making it. <laughs> and then the last bit of news I have is the, the, the Aaron Rodgers injury. Oh, my God. They, they built this, like, he was. This was, it was just literally a repeat of the 1999 Jets season. Well, they had the Hard Knocks television show, which is focused on the Jets all summer long. Mm-hmm. And each week it would come out and you, oh, you know, the Jets this, Jets that. And they were excited because since February, that's what Aaron Rodgers said. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to play for the Packers anymore. He's like, I want to go play for the Jets. And they were like, this is our season. This is our chance. And the whole HBO series was talking about that. Like, this, mm-hmm. this is their chance to make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is their chance. He played four snaps and then <laughs> tore his Achilles and is out for the year. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is the Jets curse. <laughs> it is. It is. It really is. Because, uh, I mean, the Jets team – is very good. Yeah. They're, they have a very good running game. they got decent receivers. Their offensive line probably needs a little work now. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure a lot of people are getting yelled at. Whoever missed the block <laughs> that it cost Aaron Rodgers the season, mm-hmm. he's probably – you're fired. Yeah. Um, their defense is fantastic from what we saw on Monday Night Football. But you watch it, and it's just like – it was literally a repeat of the 1999 season because in 1998, Bill Parcells took the Jets to a 12-4 and record, their best record – in, for the franchise, and got them all the way to the AFC Championship game. I mean, they lost in the AFC Championship game, I think, to the Steelers or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who they lost. But the opening drive of the 1999 season, everybody's like, this is the Jets' year. Like, you know, Bill Parcells took that team from, like, 1-15 to, like, uh, a positive record to the playoffs, then 12-4 and to the championship game. It's like, this year they're going to the Super Bowl. Vinny Testaverde blows out his Achilles on the opening drive. And the Jets managed to go like nine and seven or something. Okay. Mm. I was alive in 1999. You were. You didn't care then. Nope. Anyways, what news do you have there? Guess who joined the SAG after a writer's strike? Don't know. Margot Robbie. I think it's funny that she did that after her movie is <laughs> <laughs> done. You know, it's like, like, all right, I need money now. 
Yeah, she's decided to. Uh, I, I, it just seems kind of awkward that like now that Barbie's out and has been out for long yeah, enough. it's blown up. It's you can get it on streaming now, and she's like, okay, now I'm gonna go join my cause. You know? <laughs> it just seems kind of shallow. Pay the writers. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. The, there is no end to this. Um, there was a little bit of news about the uh, artificial intelligence thing. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Disney. And a bunch of other executives are just not budging on that, which does not look good. So, like, they're they're laughing their way all the way to the to the bank on that because if they, I mean, it wouldn't take anything to produce, or they probably already have software that could just generate stories for them. Yeah, and then they're going to be like, we don't need writers anymore, and that's the end of it. I the mean, writers blew it. My whole <laughs> thing is with writers. I mean, I understand they sh- they deserve to make the more money, but. In the end of the day, if those writers refuse, there's other people that would like to write. Yeah. I mean, they'll just find someone else. There's a talent to it, though. You know, it, there you, is, but that. There's w- enough of it going around. There's not going to be a, ma- a major shortage. If they, if they could go to somebody else, they could find other but writers. You're going to, if you are a producer, a seasoned producer, you're going to want a flavor. You're going to want a style of writing that you know this guy can do. And, you know, if, if he's off the table, then. You'd be smart to to try and work something out and and not do your movie with somebody else, but that's not always the way it goes. So. All right, and before we finish, so anyways, let's let's talk about the thing that Tom refuses to watch. I guess. Mm-hmm. How how do you feel about Ahsoka? It's uh, not that I refuse to watch. I don't have Disney Plus. So uh, that last episode was really good. <laughs> was really good. Um, it was a Vader episode. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like yeah. Darth Vader or Anakin. Anakin, but the way that they kind of transitioned it back and forth, and Hayden Christensen killed it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you're like, man, where, where was, was this acting yes. in Clone Wars? <laughs> and to be fair, you, <laughs> know, you, the know, the you, you know the story. I mean, he was acting. He was portraying the character he was supposed to be at the time. Yeah, so, Well, he, he also got a page of the script like a day. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he didn't know what he was acting to. Um, but like the way that they're setting it up, though, I'm curious. It almost seems like they're thinking about going into a different timeline. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Good. I hope so. But, yeah, some of the best lightsabers uh, fights, um, like some of the best acting, and for the first time in a long time, I actually give a damn about what the story is saying to me. And I'm not, I'm not just there for the pretty lights and scenic, scenic stuff. I'm, I'm enjoying what they're, what they're saying. What, mm-hmm. what they're Dude, and those flashbacks were pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. They had flashbacks to the, the Siege of Mandalore, mm-hmm. to the Clone Wars when Ahsoka mm-hmm. was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, that little girl that played her. Oh, yeah, she nailed it. it. Yeah. That was good. So you kind of see, like, her going from Padawan to, to Master. Mm-hmm. And then you, when, you, when you go back to Rosario Dawson playing the adult Ahsoka, you're just like, man, it all fits so well. Like, yeah. how, they, how they pulled it off. So, so far, you just look at this series and go, they're doing a good job. Yeah, so uh, there's a eight-minute little documentary called Master and Apprentice on Disney+. And it basically talks about how George Lucas tapped Dave Filoni to be his apprentice. And you're like, yeah. And Kathleen Kennedy gets on there and she kind of says her bit. And you're like, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> but, I'm in charge here. But, you <laughs> it's know, like, get out of here. But, uh, like, the, the way that they set it up and they explain it, maybe they're kind of doing it late. And they're like, we had this plan all along, guys. I promise. But, you know, you can tell if it's true. After a decade of crap movies. Now, as dumb as it sounds, there was one part that gave me chills. Yeah. When, uh, because there's a part where she, basically she's in, kind of in between the life and death at, the, at this moment. Yeah. And she's talking to Anakin as, a, as like a force ghost or whatever mm-hmm. in this other world or that you mm-hmm. kind of see. And there's a part where 
Vader's like, you know, you have one more lesson to learn. He's like, live or die. And he lights up his lightsaber. And she tells him, she's like, I don't, I won't fight you. And he's like, I've heard that before. And just starts coming at her. <laughs> but like, you, you remember when uh, Luke told her, he's like, I won't fight you and throws his and lightsaber. And Vader just goes, you're on why? And just swings like the cut like, him in oh, half. Oh, oh, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. So remember the part where uh, he, start, he first fights her and he's got the blue lightsaber? Yeah. And then they, they go through the whole flashback stuff and they come back. They, yeah, they transition. And, and he's got the red lightsaber. And, you know, like, you can tell, like, he's trying to kill her at this point. His eyes are that kind of yellowish yeah. color. Yeah, he has Sith they eyes. The and then she thinks she's, you think she's going to kill him, and her eyes flash yellow. Yeah. And you're like, wow, what's going to happen? <laughs> like, who's good? Who's bad? Yeah. I don't know. But there, there's, like, a part where there's one part where he's stalking away, and one part where he's stalking towards her where, like, lightning flashes in mm-hmm. the background, and he flickers between himself and being Vader. Yeah. That was awesome. It's really like, good. Because, like, he flickers <laughs> to where, it's like, it changes his shape. Mm-hmm. And then his lightsaber changes when the light flickers as well. It's, that was awesome. It's really good. Like, you're like, just more this. Come back to this. Yeah. Give us what we want, you know? You know what? I'll, I'll log in. We'll watch it after this because I got I got a little bit. Yeah. It's it's really good. You know? And it, even, like, all the background stuff, like, that's obviously, like, the, the main push of the show. But all the background stuff is really interesting. It's mm-hmm. it's world building based off of the Rebel stuff. Which I have no idea what's going on, but it's it's interesting enough to keep me invested into this, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm tempted to go back and watch it all. So, yeah, yeah. not a long episode, but hey, we made it. Yeah. All right. Well, tune in next time for Lord Entertain This. Goodbye from Mitch. Bye. Goodbye from Tom. Bye, Tom. Goodbye from me. And goodbye. <laughs> yes. Oh.